0: Good morning, Campbell River Baptist Church and Radiant Life. We're so excited that you can join us this morning. Hope that you have your favorite hot beverage or cold beverage to join us this morning for our service.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name is Erwin, and I'm going to read us Psalm 57 this morning. Have mercy on me, O my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until disaster has passed. I cry out to God, Most High, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in in distress. They dug a pit in my path but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth.
2: Hi everyone, my name is Grace, and I've been asked to share with you guys a bit of what's been going on with me during the season. I was supposed to be volunteering at Camp Home with this summer, but as you all know, this summer is going to look a bit different than most. Even though that's really disappointing, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with my summer, because next year I'm going into grade 12, and so this is these are kind of the last summers that I'll get to spend with my family, so I'm really excited to see what God has in store. Thanks to Zoom, it's been much easier to finish grade 11 than I originally expected. And with Instagram, I'm able to watch the youth lives that Emma and Ryan put on. I find it so inspiring because Emma and Ryan, even though they could have just stopped doing youth, but they persevered and they took on a new challenge, which they weren't expecting either. This past season has taught me that I need to trust God because I'm not in control. In September, I'm starting grade 12 and I honestly have no idea what to expect. There's a chance that school could be running, but also I might still be stuck at home. And once again, God is reminding me that I'm not in control, but He is, and He has a plan.
3: Hey everyone, my name is Emma and I have three announcements for you today. The first announcement is about the BC Government Restart Plan and what we're going to be doing here at the church in Phase 3. If you would like more details on that or you've missed a few things that we've put out, make sure you go to our website. You can look up top and see a red bar. Click on that red bar and it will take you to the news page with a lot of details there. The second announcement is what it means to have an interim pastor. You may be able to compare it with a substitute teacher. It's a person that's filling in and helping fill our needs in the time being but will only be here temporarily. We were so blessed to have Pastor David with us for around eight weeks until his term ended, and now we are so excited to welcome Pastor Dwight. If you have any more questions regarding any of this, feel free to call the office and talk to any of the staff members. The third announcement is about Father's Day. We're going to be putting together a gift basket to be able to bless one of the men in our congregation. There are so many wonderful men that have impacted our lives and we would love to bless one of them this Father's Day. How you can do that is later on in this week, we will be posting a picture of that gift basket, so make sure you check that out. Hey guys, make sure you join us for this Tuesday for our Youth Live. It's going to be our very last one, so we would love to see you there
0: and if you guys are around this summer we'd love for you guys to check in look at our facebook our TikTok, things like that we're gonna have updates and every once in a while we'll post a little content just to be able to stay connected and one way or another we will be back in september so we hope to see you guys then and we hope to see you this tuesday night
4: bye guys i know it's in here somewhere we were cleaning it last week and i saw it somewhere in here oh Hi Ryan.
0: Hi Leora.
4: What are you doing in here?
0: Um, I'm putting away soccer camp stuff, sadly.
4: Oh, right. Yeah. There's been so many changes to all of our lives right now. That's so disappointing that soccer camp can't run this summer.
0: It's true. But you know what? It's okay. We're going to miss it. But I heard that there's something going on with you maybe this summer.
4: It's true, there is. It's different, but I'm excited about it, and yep. it's actually why I'm in here today. I was looking for the tent. Oh, it
2: was. over oh. oh,
4: there. <laughs> here it is. It's the tent! I found it! Now, you might be wondering why I was looking for the tent, but it's because our theme this year is God's Backyard. So this program mm-hmm. you can do at home with your family. It's all going to be online. So it's like online island adventure camp yeah basically ah. we're gonna do singing we're gonna have skits and camelay is gonna be there cool right
0: very cool
4: and there's gonna be games that they can do at home and crafts there'll be a bible story it's gonna happen every tuesday in july nice and one in june june 30th yeah so we're really looking forward to it How you guys can sign up is if you go onto our church website, there's going to be a link there where you can click on, fill out the registration form, and then we'll email you the YouTube link where you can watch all of the different things that we're going to be putting on there. Games, songs, stories, skits. It's going to be a great time. I really hope that lots of people join in. Sounds really fun. Yeah, I know it's not the same. Soccer camp would have been amazing this summer. Even Island Adventure Camp. But things change. We gotta do, we gotta do. We do. So, we hope to see you there. We're really looking forward to it.
0: Cool. Hi everybody, it's Ryan Davis here. This morning I have the privilege of praying, so I would invite you to join me. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you that we can be here today, Lord, that we can meet in this way, and I just thank you, Lord, for how you have built the community in this time. Jesus, I want to lift up this morning's service to you. I ask, Lord, that you would speak through Dwight, Lord, that your words would be his words, and that his words would be your words, and Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our ears to hear from you this morning. And Father, we also want to think of the vulnerable people in Campbell River that we get an opportunity to meet with down at Radiant Life. Jesus, we ask that in this time that we're able to meet these physical needs by providing meals, Lord, you would also be providing opportunities that we can share your love and your word with them. And so, Jesus, we thank you for that. And Father, we also want to lift up Pastor Adrian this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would be with him and his family in this uncertain time, Lord, that you would give wisdom to the doctors and that you would give peace to that whole family. And Jesus, we are just so honored that we get to be a part of your family and what you're doing here in Campbell River. So please, Lord, bless this morning, bless this service, and bless everybody who's watching. In your name we pray. Amen.
5: Pastor Dwight with you for our second talk at Campbell River Baptist. Welcome to all of you who are watching online. Sandra and I have just arrived in Campbell River and we look forward to what God is going to do in the next 10 months. We're gonna start a short series over the next few Sundays called Fearless. These are very rich Old Testament stories of people, some who were absolutely fearless, like the born warriors, Others started out very fearful and became fearless, but they all overcame some very big obstacles. This is June, and of course, next Sunday is Father's Day. So men, let me remind you that God created you with the heart of a warrior. And I'm reminded of Lord of the Rings and and, uh, the ranger Aragorn. He was a warrior. This week and next week, we're going to look at two men who were fearless. Now I know some ladies are going to complain, we want to be warriors too. So remind you of Eohan, of the Rider Mark, shield maiden of Rohan. She was in Lord of the Rings as well and had a very significant part in that story. So the week after Father's Day, we're going to look at some fearless women as well. This morning, we're going to talk about lions. You saw that little uh, video clip at the beginning. That little cute thing about lions and the the danger of lions. Well, we're looking in 2 Samuel chapter 23. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles or on your smartphones, you can kind of follow along. I'll be reading out of the New International Version for all of the uh, quotes that I give you. The question I want you to consider as we look at 2 Samuel is this. Are you willing to chase a lion? It sounds like a very foolish thing to do. As we look into fear and we talk about fearless, uh, the word phobia, phobia means fear in Greek and uh, it comes in a lot of our words of phobias. There's over 2,000 specifically recorded fears like glossophobia, which is the fear of speaking in public, or ablutophobia, which is the fear of washing hands. Uh, Phobophobia is simply the fear of being afraid. And then, there is a really weird one. Parascavadecatriaphobia, or something like that. That is fear of Friday the 13th. There are all sorts of different fears. Now, we're told that we are only born with two fears. The fear of falling, and the fear of loud noises. And that's what little babies, they have that fear of falling, fear of loud noises. But all other fears, we've learned. Like uh, ophidophobia, that is the fear of snakes, and and I'm not really crazy about snakes, and I learned that from my dad, because I always remember him, little garter snake come out, and bam, he'd kill it with a shovel, and it kind of brought me a fear of snakes. I tried not to pass that on to my children, And so Matthew was listening to me preach a sermon in his 20s, and I mentioned I had a fear of snakes, and he goes, Dad, I never knew you were afraid of snakes. That's because I tried not to show it, but I really did not like it when he brought snakes home and curled around his hand and says, you want to pet it? Uh, That was not cool for me. There's also things that we might learn, like uh, chlorophobia, which is the fear of clowns. Uh, One of my daughter-in-laws is fearful of clowns. Well, if we can learn a fear, then we can also unlearn a fear. And that can be broken by the power of Christ. Benaniah is the man we're going to look at this morning. Now, he was a warrior. Understand that. He was born a warrior. He, he just had that whole uh, tenacity of being a warrior. And Benaniah is someone that I I read the Bible for years, cover to cover, and I never remembered this man's name. I never even noticed him. But he has a very short and powerful story. Benaniah in Hebrew means Yah has built up, or God has built up. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, we begin to read at verse 20, we read these words. This is during the time of King David in the Old Testament. Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzil, who performed great exploits. From the book of Chronicles, we know that Benaniah's father Jehoiada was a priest. Jehoiada was a leader among the priests. He rallied 3,700 men to support David when he was crowned at Hebron. So that means Benaniah was from the tribe of Levi. Benaniah's grandfather was a valiant man too. The authors of both Samuel and Chronicles tells us that Benaniah's grandfather was a valiant man from the town of Kabzil. So Benaniah was a warrior from a family of warriors, fighters, confident in their strength and their abilities. It's uh, in a sense uh, the UFC, the ultimate fight club, long before there was an ultimate fight club. Now this guy, Benaniah, was bad. He was one of the top five soldiers in the all of Israel. He was one of uh, King David's mighty men. He was cream of the crop, bravest of the brave. He was a general in the Israeli army. Uh, He didn't actually oversee the Hebrew army. That was Joab's job. But Benaniah did oversee the Cherethites and the Pelethites, which were some non-Jewish mercenaries that fought for David. And then every third month, Benaniah was in charge of the 24,000 troops that were the standing army. They would arrange the strategy to protect all of Israel. He was captain of King David's bodyguard. Now, you know the President of the United States, he has his secret service. Well, David also had a secret service, a personal guard. And there was always going to be somebody who wanted the king dead. David had some high-profile enemies. In fact, even his son Absalom tried to steal the kingdom. And for a while, David was on the run, but David lived because Benaniah did his job well. He was an elite fighting warrior that protected the king. He is involved in important levels of security, responsibility, and leadership. How did he earn this? Because of stories like what we're going to read, facing a fear and becoming fearless. In 2 Samuel 23, we continue to read, it says he struck down two of Moab's best men. Now there's a cool word play going on here that you don't get in the English, it's in the Hebrew. It literally says he killed two sons of Ariel of Moab. And the word Ariel is very similar to the Hebrew word for lion. And so this passage about Benaniah is even more epic as it kind of says Benaniah was a mighty man. He killed two heroes that were strong and brave as lions. Also, the dude actually killed a lion. We're going to read that story in a moment. A few other things about Benaniah. He killed an Egyptian giant. We uh, hear that David killed a Goliath. Well, this man, he, uh, he says he struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. Benaniah went against him with a club. So here's this dude with a huge spear the size of a weaver's beam. Benaniah just had a club, and so he comes in. He snatches the spear from the Egyptian's hand and kills him with his own spear. That's that's Benaniah. It tells us also later in the story of Benaniah, we read that uh, when uh, Solomon was becoming king, Benaniah made Solomon king. David had sworn that his son Solomon would be king in his place. But not everyone is rooting for Solomon. One of Solomon's good-looking half-brothers, Adonijah, declares himself king while David was still alive. Well, Adonijah is out of line. Benaniah is loyal to David and fully backs Solomon. He is mercenaries parade Solomon to his coronation, and Benaniah is the one who kills off the men who oppose Solomon, including David's treacherous general, Joab. Finally, Benaniah actually becomes Solomon's general, he secures the throne for Solomon, and re- receives a place of high honor in the kingdom. He actually gets uh, Joab, the general's old job, and Benaniah becomes the general under Solomon. Now let's get to the part we really want to focus on this morning in verse 20. He, Benaniah, also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. Now it's a very small verse, very simple little story, but Just kind of imagine this man who who jumps down into a pit with a lion. It's a snowy day. It's miserable. And for some reason, he goes down into this pit and kills a lion. We don't know why he did this. Maybe it was a direct order. Maybe the lion was a threat. And maybe he just hated cats. Who knows? But imagine what this would be like. He follows a lion into a cave. And the question we wanna ask ourselves this morning is this, what lion do you need to chase? This guy went head to head, toe to toe, face to face with a lion and won. Now normal people don't do that. Normal people don't face their fears. Normal people don't chase lions. Normal people die with all sorts of regrets. Normal people don't inspire others. Normal people don't make incredible leaders. Normal people don't change the world. Normal people don't chase lions. To become all that God wants us to be is something that only the heart of God could imagine. Overcoming fears that paralyze us from taking faith risks. What lion do you need to chase? What lion do you need to conquer? What is the fear that God wants to help you conquer so that you can experience His greatness? What lion? do you need to chase? You know many times we don't really trust God and maybe today is the day that you write your very first tithe check or give to the ministry to obey God to face the lion he will honor your faith maybe this is the day that you tell one of your relatives about Jesus you love your relatives you but you don't know where they stand and you kinda go "Ah, I might feel awkward one day there will be a regret that you did not say something. Maybe that is the fear. Maybe that's the lion that you need to chase. Back when we were able to meet together in a worship service, maybe you snuck in, snuck out, didn't talk to anybody, didn't use your gifts. You know there's some things that you could do within the church body, and you're not utilizing the gifts that God's given you. Maybe that's the lion you need to chase, to use your gifts, to serve, to disciple others, to become kingdom people. What lion do you need to chase? You know, change is important in our lives. Without change, we do not grow. So our faith needs to expand and to be constantly growing, constantly changing. Our faith expands when we use it. Use it and see that God is faithful. So what lion do you need to chase? Two things drive our teaching today about being a lion chaser. So number one... Lion chasers know that the bigger their God is, the smaller the lions become. You know, the problem is, too many of us, we look at the lions instead of looking at God. When we look at the lions, those lions look big and ferocious. The challenges in our life, they're huge. But when we look at God, the lions look small. When we look at God, our challenges are much smaller. Back in the early 90s, I was a bivocational pastor up in Port Hardy. I was a manager at Home Hardware and pastor of a small church all at the same time. That's where they get the word bivocational. Chasing the lion, for me at that time, required leaving that secure job and finding a new pastorate. So we moved to Souk and the Souk church was a small church of about 70 people and it was a lion challenge. Gradually over the years, though, God was faithful. It grew to about 140, and we needed a new building. That was a new land in this small group, building a brand-new building in a big place, and God provided land. Uh, We contracted the building, and it was September to March. It was built in uh, two months short of the goal and $50,000 under budget. God really provided. After 13 years, that church actually paid off the whole mortgage. But you know, there were then more lions to chase. After 19 years, we were leaving that ministry. God was telling us it was time to leave. And for a whole year, we didn't have anything. We were doing odd jobs, different things. And and then God provided a transitional pastorate at Centennial Park Baptist. What lion are you chasing? I've chased a few in my life. But you know, there's always more lions to chase. Daniel, in the Old Testament as well, understood this principle like few others. If you know the story of King Darius and Daniel, the king was tricked into issuing a decree that said, anyone who prays will be thrown into the lion's den. Now Daniel was faithful to his God, and he could not stop praying. So when he was caught, he was thrown into the lion's den, and he got to see firsthand who is bigger, God or the lion? King Darius was worried about Daniel the next morning, and we read these words in Daniel. When King Darius came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel said, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the mouths of the lion. I think on our video screen it's wrong because there's a typing mistake. Understand this. King Darius said, your God, and Daniel said, my God. There's a difference. Daniel was talking about his own God, the difference between your God and my God. Some people only know about God. He is somebody else's God. Then there are those who know him personally. Let me tell you, who my God is. My God is overwhelming in his mighty power. He is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. There is no one like my God. My God is majestic in holiness, awesome in glory. He is infinite, he is eternal, he is omnipresent, he is omnipotent. My God is the king of righteousness, the king of the ages, the king of glory. He is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords. My God is enduringly strong, entirely simple, and eternally steadfast. He offers strength for the weak. His mercy is limitless. His grace knows no bounds. His love endures forever. My God is incomprehensible. He is absolutely invisible. He is divinely irresistible. When I try to describe him, my words always fall short. He is the indescribable one. There is no one like my God. Who is He to you? Do you know Him in a personal way? When you face some kind of lion, some big challenge, do you look past the lion and look to your God? God will be what you need. Do you look past the addiction? God is your deliverer. When you are weak, God is your strength. When you don't know what to do, God is your guide. When you're hurting, God is the comforter. When you're alone, God is your friend. When your father abandons you, God is your father. When your husband leaves you, God is your husband. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is your strength. He is your shield. He is your redeemer. He is your righteousness. He is your rock. He is your Alpha. He is your Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is everything that you need. Who is he to you? Do you know him personally? When you know him, he becomes bigger and the lions become smaller. You can face the fear. He will strengthen you and you will overcome it. Lion chasers know that the bigger their God is, the smaller the lions become. The second thing that lion chasers understand is this. Playing it safe is risky. Sometimes we look for safety. We have fear and and we run from it. We want to run and hide and get away from the fear. But often playing it safe is risky. Someone once said, lion chasers run to the roar. In Hebrews it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Without taking steps of faith, we can't see what God is going to do. Our actions say that we believe him, not just our words. Without faith, we cannot please him. There's no such thing as risk-free faith. Playing it safe is risky. People are asked, what do you want in your life a year from now? And a common thread running through people's answers is this. Increase personal safety. Decrease personal risk. Interestingly, it's faith that causes us to do the opposite. Benaniah chased the lion into the pit. It increased his risk. It decreased his security, but he killed the lion. The greatest victories are on the other side of faith. Lion chasers understand that playing it safe is risky. Many years ago and I was the assistant pastor and youth pastor in Armstrong, uh, I had a house, uh, we had just bought another car. Uh, we were settled, we were content. And then we were challenged to move to Port Hardy. We really wanted to play it safe, but playing it safe is risky. So it was required to step out in faith. And you know, I didn't wanna do that again. We all through Bible school, we lived month to month, just never knowing where our finances were coming from, but we managed to get all through Bible school without any debt. And I'm thinking, oh man, here I'm doing it again, going to Port Hardy, leaving our position. And now, even today, I'm doing it again, leaving our position as the director of operations at Camp Quantos, taking on temporary pastorates in various churches. Chasing the lion teaches me to live on faith. God is the provider, the source of strength, the sustainer in every way. I have to remind myself of that all the time. Lion chasers know that playing it safe is risky. You can't follow a lion into a cave and not be scared. You feel the fear, but you still take that step of faith. God is going to call you to take a step. Get out of where you're comfortable. Step into the fear. God meets you there in the fear. Frustrating is, sometimes, only when you take this step does God meet you. Not before, only when you need it. One step for me is a difference between Dwight Geiger and the power of God. Fear and faith. So, in conclusion, what do we want to take away from this? You know, we are not created to be normal. We're created by an extraordinary God to make an impact on this world. The problem is that Satan is attempting to take you out of it by some fear. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. You do feel the fear, but go ahead and do it anyways. Chase the lion, believe God, take the step, make the phone call, tell someone your vision call the rehab center. Whatever it is, take the step. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We live by faith, not by sight. We live by what? Faith. No, we don't live by what? Sight. Lion chasers understand the bigger their God is, the smaller the lions become. And lion chasers know that it's risky to live safely. So, How are you with God? Is he your big God? Is he bigger than the lions? Well, you might say, I try to do good things. I'm better than a lot of people. I'm not doing some bad things. I'm a pretty good person, better than most, and maybe I'll be okay with God. You know, the Bible says no one can be made right with God by their works. It's not based on doing good things or the absence of bad things. There's only one way to be right with God. That is faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. For God so loved you that he sent his Son, Jesus, born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life and became the perfect and final sacrifice for our sins on the cross. He died for our sins. He was risen from the dead. And anyone who calls in the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. The prayer is simply, Jesus, save me, forgive me. And all of your sins will be cast away from God. He wipes you clean, and you're right with God. Not by your works, but by grace, through faith, in Jesus. It's making a radical, lifelong decision to become a follower of Jesus. And you're no longer in charge. It's a radical, full-blown commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say, am I good enough? You know, I'd have to say, no, you're not. Will I blow it? (laughs) Yes, you will. Will people talk? Yes, they will. But you don't care. You face the lion. You're a lion chaser. Amen? Amen.
6: Well, thanks again, Dwight. And again, we just, uh, we're just just so grateful that you and Sandra have uh, joined us here at CRBC. And we're just still so looking forward to uh, the weeks and months to come as you share from uh, God's Word uh, with us on Sunday mornings. And so we just wanted to extend our gratitude again. And I just want to thank uh, you, uh, our CRBC Church family, for your continued support and uh, encouragement to our staff, uh, those that are making comments as the uh, live broadcast goes, and uh, just connecting in that way. Uh, Just continue to do that. It gives us some encouragement and uh, helps us to keep... um, wanting to produce content and, and figure out how to do church in this way. And so we really appreciate your interaction uh, in that way and, and encouragement. So thank you for that. I also want to thank you for um, just your continuing uh, generosity and uh, giving. I want to encourage you to just uh, remember us in, in your generosity plan uh, from week to week, month to month. Um, and if you are unsure of how to get connected in that way, uh, be sure to look into our website, give the office a call, um, or send us an email and we can hook you up with the pre-authorized giving and all those different ways, the online giving options. Um, and I just, again, want to uh, uh, thank you for your continued financial support. And um, it just it's just, again, given us the encouragement uh, that we need at this time. Uh, I just wanted to conclude with uh, a bit of a benediction. I'm going to read this morning from Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 4 and then just continue through. Always be joyful, or sorry, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do, and remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.